Hello and welcome back to the Monash Musculoskeletal Research Unit podcast, where we discuss and translate the latest musculoskeletal research to help you keep up to date and improve your patient outcomes. My name's Luke Perriton, one of the hosts of the podcast, and I'm a physiotherapy educator and early career researcher in the Department of Physiotherapy at Monash University. And on this episode, I'm joined by another educator, a researcher, and fellow physio from Monash University Physiotherapy and fellow MMRU researcher, Dr. Mel Farley. So Mel's a highly experienced clinician and educator primarily in the field of gerontology. And she has a special interest in measuring balance in the clinic. So Mel's research focuses on the measurement of balance and the intensity of balance exercise. And she's also an expert in rash analysis and understanding clinical outcome measures qualitative research, including interpretive description, and education research. Uh, so Mel has 20 plus years experience as a senior physio in geriatric rehabilitation, and Mel coordinates and teaches research and evidence-based practice for our Monash Physio fourth-year students. And she's also a highly experienced practitioner and an emerging leader in research. And hopefully I've embarrassed her enough, and let's get into the interview, but I'm really looking forward to hearing about her research and chatting to Mel. So Mel Farley, I've got you on at last. Welcome to the MMRU podcast. Hi, Luke. Thanks for having me. Let's start with introducing you as a member of the group, but also uh, as a Monash physio academic and um, to those who don't know you. Um, can we start with your background, a little bit about you and your interests and specifically your clinical and your research uh, interests in direction? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I have primarily worked in physiotherapy in um, orthogeriatric rehabilitation, as you mentioned, um, but actually have been fortunate enough to work across uh, quite a broad range of clinical settings and areas. So um, I've done a bit of regional and remote practice, um, metro practice, worked in acute, subacute, um, rehabilitation, residential aged care, community health. So have had quite a diverse range of clinical experiences. And then along the way, um, had the opportunity to work with lots of uh, students and, and patients along the way uh, with really interesting caseloads. So I think from a physiotherapy perspective, um, really interested in um, sort of broad range of rehabilitation populations and complex uh, case management and complex care. And then from a research perspective, got quite interested in um, the balance exercise uh, side of things because in orthogeriatric rehabilitation, a lot of rehabilitation is working with people after falls. And so really interested in good exercise prescription to help with rehabilitation for people recovering from fall-related injuries. So that's really how I got started on my research pathway. So there's so much we could talk to you about, about your clinical experience and, and education experience, but it's a research-focused podcast. So you've done a nice segue there into your PhD and your PhD investigated the um, intensity of challenge to the balance system in older adults, as you were um, just touching on. How did you get started with this topic, your interest and also how you made a start and uh, meeting your supervisors and how did you get into your PhD? And then we'll talk about your PhD content and what you found. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, I was working as a senior clinician in geriatric rehab at one of the big hospitals in Melbourne and um, Terry Haynes, who's now Professor Terry Haynes, head of our school, um, was uh, came along as a, a sort of a new joint appointment at the hospital and uh, he came and um, talked to me one day about my experiences with exercise prescription uh, with older adults and he sort of put the question to me, you know, how did I measure the intensity of the exercises that I was prescribing for um, balance programs? Um, and that really started a six-year process of a PhD journey because by l- trying to answer that question, realised there was no objective measure of balance exercise intensity. All of the measures at the time well, the program advice at the time was really to make exercise challenging, but there wasn't really uh, any objective measure of how to gauge what that level of challenge was. So that started off a process of looking at um, getting a small grant uh, to do a small observational study um, and a, and a systematic review. We started a systematic review to sort of look for what was there in the literature Um, And then the PhD was basically creating an objective measure of balance exercise intensity, which is the balance intensity scale. It starts with a good question. All good research starts with a good question from Terry and from yourself. Yes. And so a bit of a transition then from what you thought you were doing to where you are now as a a clinician in a leadership position and then into, um, I guess, the beginning again into research and doing your PhD and now an early career researcher. Yeah, in many ways it was. It was um, it was like starting over again Some in some ways. You sort of went from that um, position of senior clinician to junior researcher, um, but it was a really uh, valuable experience. I had um, Professor Jenny Keating and Professor Liz Malloy, who were also on my supervisory team, uh, so it was an amazing supervisory team with lots of uh, different expertise and and I really couldn't have done it without them. Um, and as a clinician, I probably uh, lacked confidence in, you know, whether or not I could actually um, do this project and achieve this PhD. Um, but I certainly um, found that by the end of the process, um, I'd really got a lot more confidence in my research skills and and it got me quite excited about the possibility for clinicians to pursue their dreams to do research, even if it is later on in their career. And that's something you're offering to our students through mm. at the undergraduate level as well, giving them a taste of research. So, so there's no, at the start of your PhD, um, there's no objective measure of balance intensity mm-hmm. and it's quite a big problem. So then that was the focus of your PhD. So what did you... What did you do and what did you find? Yeah, so um, basically with a a scale development project, there's lots of different ways to develop scales. Probably one of the fundamental decisions that we made at the outset is that we wanted a clinically-based outcome measure. So you could um, make a a measure that was a, a lab-based measure that needed lab instruments and, and, and lab laboratory-type equipment to objectively record. Um, but we wanted to create a measure that could be used clinically 
And so we took the approach of developing the measure in the clinical uh, setting and clinical environment. So we went through a process of just that first observational study, which we uh, got a small grant through the, uh, the John Cocaine Memorial Trust grant, um, which is a, a, a small grant for health professionals that work with older adults um, here in Melbourne. And we got 20 older adults in the rehabilitation hospital and we got them to uh, do sort of easy and moderately challenging and quite challenging balance exercises um, in the hospital setting and just observed clinically what we could see to start with uh, start conceptualising if you were a clinician, uh, looking at someone performing balance exercises, what kinds of things might you see and what kinds of things might the exerciser experience that were markers that the balance exercise intensity was increasing. And that's where we started. And then we went through a process of, of analysing the results from that study to come up with a prototype instrument that we then uh, did a big field test in the uh, across the health network. And so that involved um, 110 exercises and their therapists. So there was mostly physios, but a few exercise physiologists as well who then had a go at applying the scale in the field. And then we use the rash analysis process to validate that instrument. So all of that um, process took a couple of years, um, but we ended up with the balance intensity scale at the end. Mm. As it starts with observation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you think about the continuum of research, starting with observation and moving through to, to intervention and then implementation and further on down. So let's talk about the balance intensity scale. So something that was developed out of your PhD, something you must be really proud of. What about the mm. implementation of, um, do we call it the BIS? Yes, Let's call the, the BIS. B- <laughs> yeah, the BIS. So there's actually um, two parts to the balance intensity scale. So the uh, there's a therapist-rated version and then there's an exerciser-rated version. So we um, recognise that in some circumstances um, you might have therapists that are wanting to objectively measure balance intensity. Um, But there are also times where we want exercises to be able to self-monitor. And so we developed both in parallel and the therapist version is like a checklist that you um, basically uh, select which of these various Um, things do you observe in practice to give you a score Um, for the exerciser version it's more of a an an infographic uh, instrument where it gives the exerciser information about you know if you see these things occurring if you experience these things they're the markers that your exercises are challenging so it gives exercises and therapists an opportunity to have a conversation um, if you are hesitating to start an exercise, if you're needing to grab onto something for support during an exercise, if you're needing to take steps while you're doing it, then that's the marker for you to say you're exercising at the right level. Um, if these things stop occurring because your balance is improving, that's when we'll progress you those kinds of things. So it's a it's a it's a tool to help have a conversation as well as to give um, exercises an opportunity to communicate back to their therapists um, the intensity of their exercises. And there's a 
a five-point rating scale for the exerciser as well. How do you, um, are there any other comparable outcome measures out there that have a, a therapist rated and an exercise rated component to them or was that fairly novel as you develop yeah, that? Yeah, so as far as I'm aware, when we um, developed this scale, um, it was sort of the only one of its kind. Um, there is a, a scale that has now um, been published as well, um, which is called the Rating of Perceived Stability that's uh, come out of the US, I believe, um, and that's a little bit like um, the rating of perceived exertion scale, but a stability scale. And so the, it's a self-perceived um, rating for exercises to rate the intensity of their balance training. Um, but as far as I'm aware, the balance intensity scale that we've developed is the only one that's a therapist rated instrument. Is there any research that you've been involved in or that you know of that's looked at the use of the balance intensity scale in practice. So how, since it's been developed, how widely has it been Im implemented and used? Yeah, so that's a, um, a good question. So we uh, have gone on to uh, do a reliability study, which we're just in the process of analysing that data at the moment. And um, so hopefully we'll be able to publish those results um, sometime this year. And We've also got a couple of other studies underway at the moment. So we've been looking at a um, an implementation study, so like a knowledge translation study where we've um, had a group of, of therapists using the scale in clinical practice over a period of time in a department, um, and we're doing some mixed methods research. So we've, um, you know, some surveying, some focus groups, some interviews, talking to both the therapists and the patients about what it's been like to actually use it in practice because I think that's the the next thing. It's all very well to develop a scale and, and validate it and, and um, hopefully we can say it's reliable, but then if it's not practical to use, if it doesn't translate into practice, then, um, then obviously more work needs to be done. So we're still a bit early days with that work. Well, that gives us a good idea of where you're at because it's come out of your PhD. You've got an implementation study underway and possibly in the years to come, we'll see more and more of you know, the validation mm. and the use of the scale. So practitioners, fellow researchers, students who are listening to this, um, they probably want to have a look at the scale. Um, yep. Where do they find it? Yeah, so we have a, uh, a scale uh, website, which is um, available. You can just sort of Google balance intensity scale Monash Uni um, and you'll find it there and so then you can download both the exerciser and the therapist version um, they're free to use um, there's no uh, licensing fee or anything like that there's a brief um, video on the website as well that sort of explains how you use it um, and I think probably some of the questions that we get asked um, and that we we actually still don't know the answer to because we're still to do the research is really um, what is the right intensity to be exercising at? And so that's really the, the, you know, the next big picture thing is to, you know, now we've got this objective measure of balance exercise intensity. Um, can we, you know, can we work out, you know, what's the minimum intensity someone needs to exercise at to get a therapeutic effect? Um, is it a, a function of time and intensity like other types of exercise if people are um 
able and safe to exercise at a really high intensity? Does that mean they don't need to have such as a long balance exercise program? The current recommendations are about three hours a week. So that's a big commitment to see a therapeutic change. Um, but, you know, if you can't have that supervision or if you're, uh, you know, in a higher risk category with your exercise, um, maybe a lower intensity is okay, but you need to factor in it's going to take longer to get there. So I think that's sort of the the longer term, bigger picture with where we might be able to go with this objective measure now available. Mm. And in the meantime, people who are interested in, you know, taking their clinical practice further by not mm. only measuring balance, but then measuring the intensity of the balance exercise can you know, use the yes. uh, balance yeah. intensity scale and then maybe they could feed back directly to you. And I'm sure yeah, exactly. you, would, you would love an email or a tweet um, related to this because since it's your yeah. baby and you developed it um, yeah. in your team. Um, and that's the whole point of having this conversation is that yeah, you exactly. find out about I, something. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think the thing is is that even though we don't know exactly what is the, you know, the right or the ideal intensity to exercise at, the thing that I think this scale gives people the opportunity to do is to actually objectively measure that they are challenging someone at all. I think in clinical practice we see a lot of underdosed um, exercise in, you know, balance exercise can, um, you know, balance exercise you know, seated chair exercises are not challenging balance. So getting people up on their feet and at least being able to show that you are challenging someone objectively is an important first step um, because I think that's probably, you know, at least now we can, you know, demonstrate that we're challenging people. I think the other thing is too is that you don't need to use this objective measure for every single exercise, every single time, it can, you know, some people kind of look at it and think, oh, it's a bit bit much to always be doing this checklist. But it's just like other forms of exercise prescription. You wouldn't necessarily redo your one RM measure or your reps and reserve measures every time you um, prescribed a strength exercise. You'd sort of use it as a reassessment tool. So I think that's the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, it's not intended that you would, um, use this measurement for every single exercise every time, but it's a way to objectively measure, is that exercise getting easier for this person? Is it ready to progress? Um, is this exercise challenging at all? Um, and Or if I've got to choose between a couple of different options for a balance exercise, is one more challenging than the other? Is one a better, a higher intensity level? And, you know, which that might guide you as to which one to pick. So... I think it's exciting to have this tool now. That sounds great. One of the best ways to be critical of your own practice is to measure things yes. and then stack up your preconceived idea against the data, what you've just measured, and yeah. then you've given people a way of measuring balance intensity on top of the other yeah. things they can measure. But an interesting point there that um, a lot of balance exercises underdosed in the same way that strength training is often mm -hmm. underdosed in a rehab setting. Yeah. And perhaps that comes back to a common theme of measurement. Maybe a conversation for Another the next time. podcast when I get you back on here again. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever yes. that is. Yeah. For another yeah. day. And anyway. I think that was one of the limitations in our validation study was that even though, um, you know, so the protocol was for therapists to um, apply the scale by giving the exercise that they were working with a, an easier and a, a moderate and a high intensity exercise. And the therapist knew these 
exercises and they were familiar with prescribing exercise for them. And so each therapist went into it confident that they'd be able to, you know, deliver those exercises at those three different levels. Um, but we, you know, when they actually did it in practice and we got the, you know, after the sessions, the, you know, the feedback came back, oh, actually, I didn't end up challenging the person as much as I as I thought I was because when I actually measured it on the scale, it was underdosed. So I think that's, I guess, another area of interest is, you know, how do we help um, exercise prescribers pitch and pick those exercises that do challenge people at the level that they're hoping for? Because it's not as straightforward as it might seem it's it it can there is obviously some complexity in it because even really experienced therapists sometimes struggle to um to to push people to that hot those higher intensity levels but we're still trying to understand why that is anything that can help you in a clinical setting to be more objective and prescribe Mm. an exercise that's more appropriate and measure that will be helpful because most of your energy is going towards communication and talking to a person and psychosocial factors and everything else that's going on. So, yeah. Mm. Um, Mm. Mel, I promised you we'd do this in 20 minutes and we've probably burned all our time, but I'm sure the listeners are going to find this um, really valuable. I really enjoyed the chat. Um, Where can we find you? I did offer your email address. Is that okay? Sure. (laughs) Okay. I'll pop that in the show description. There's actually a, uh, and there's also more information you can sign up on the website as well, on the Balance Intensity Scale website. All right. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you must be interested. So then take the next step. Go check out the Balance Intensity website and also um, connect with Mel because she's developed this. You're speaking to the researcher and the research team who did this um, and give her your feedback. And generally, if if you're enjoying these conversations and the podcast um, and this particular conversation, you can help us get this information out to other people who are going to find it interesting as well by subscribing, following, sharing, um, emailing, contacting, engaging in various ways. Um, and you can join us on Twitter at MonashMRU and tell us what you think. Uh, continue the conversation. Until next time, Mel, if there is a next time, I really appreciate you coming on for a chat and telling us all about the balance intensity scale. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for having me.